Welcome to Zero to a Million, where we interview multimillionaires on how they scaled their business to $500 million. Uh, 10 years ago? Nah, there are plenty of those types of podcasts out there. We want to provide you with strategies real time while we scale Unstack from zero to a million. Every week, you can learn from our successes and failures. Plus, get tips from our mentors and advisors. While we implement, you learn. While we learn, we scale. Welcome to the Zero to a Million podcast. Hey everyone, this is Carter, the producer of the podcast. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Unstack YouTube channel. We've been posting video highlights of the podcast for the past few weeks. If you want to support us, please check out this week's video. You don't want to miss this one. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million, brought to you by Unstack. I'm your host, Zach Rigo. Today I'm joined by Aaron Crawl, founder of SaaS Accelerator. He's an expert helping SaaS companies scale fast. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Good to be here. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I know you and I have chatted a bunch. Um, obviously, I've used you as a as a resource. I think other SaaS founders or, or marketers should as well. And uh, we were chatting through some of my challenges that I think uh, a lot of our founders, you know, and, and customers and, and audience members are struggling with. Um, and before we jump into partner acquisition and partner management, I want to go through a little bit of your background and, and how you ended up really focusing on supporting SaaS founders. I think you found an interesting niche. It's, it's SaaS founders, usually lower, you know, ARPU, higher, uh, you know, uh, acquisition models, you know, faster uh, acceleration into product-led growth, things of that nature. So, so take me through how you ended up here. Um, so my experience, I've, I have a lot of different experience in a lot of different things. Started, uh, I started off, um, with a, I did a marketing agency. We were just kind of solving everyone's problems, uh, mostly doing websites. And then I ended up moving into kind of reputation management and just bounced around between a lot of different like problems. And eventually I got to the point where I was just really burned out um, because I distinctly remember driving down the street in Washington and I look, it was looking at all these stores and I was thinking, oh my goodness, every single one of these people could be my customers. And how miserable would it be for me to have all of them as customers? Because everyone would have a, have a custom plan and it would like, it'd be miserable for me. So I realized that was like the trigger point for me for realizing I got to solve one problem for one market and I got to get really good at that. So I kind of sold off everything. Um, and then I just took like a sabbatical and just like, researched a bunch of different industries and um and uh i was working with a mentor at the time and he said why don't you look into SaaS?" and so i looked into SaaS. i started a group for SaaS companies and i just had really no idea what the challenges were i pretty much started the group because i figured i could do a better job than what i saw was out there and i wanted to dig into the market and fast forward you know six years and um i've i have you know SaaS growth Hacks is now at twenty five thousand members and uh, I've worked with hundreds of SaaS companies and finally figured out um, the pains that they have and the struggles. And, and, uh, and now I've built like a program to help them scale. So I, I love the strategy of building a community first, right? And just, just probably being a anonymous listener for a period of time and, and watching the comments. And I've actually 
you know, congratulated you on on how great that group is. Like I've I've gotten a lot of resources from it. I've joined other groups that are a lot of spam and just you know noise. Um, I feel like the the SaaS growth hacks is very much targeted at a persona. Everyone in there is helping each other out. Every post is a pain point that like when I'm coming up with ideas for the podcast, it's a great podcast episode for almost all of them. Um, and and one challenge that I've brought to you and I think, you know, you've given me some guidance on is is partner acquisition, you know, and I think it's a it's a low cost growth channel. Obviously, I reached out to you for a partnership, right? So like there's, that kind of came organically as a conversation between you and I. But how have you coached up SaaS founders on identifying partners that they should, you know, target as a as a potential acquisition model or partnership? Yeah, we've so I, I could we could go on. I could go on for hours on this, but I'll try to condense everything down to like a short little package. Um, we focus on three different types of partners. There's content partners, which are you try to get your content in front of them. Channel partners, where they have an audience already available for you, and so you can tap into that audience. And then integration is where you directly integrate your product or they integrate into you. And then channel partners, which are like people that don't sell what you sell, but they sell something complimentary. Now that we know those three different types of partners, we look at um, who are going to be good partners to, to partner with. Um, and and, and my suggestion for, for SaaS when they do these partnerships is not to open up their, their partnership program to anyone, but to select really good partners and go after partners they should work with. Um, most of the time, partners that come to you, not all the time, most of the time, um, they're coming to you because uh, they care about they care more about revenue than they care about relationships. And what you want is you want a partner who cares more about the relationship they have with their users and money and commission and all that is secondary to the relationship. So, so we start with that. Um, I look at content as kind of like a first date in partnerships. So one partner could be a content partner. They could be a channel partner and an integration partner. But content is usually the first step that we take because it's an easy way for us to build a relationship with someone. We go to, we go to say, hey, it looks like you have a newsletter or a blog. Can we create a post for you around your audience's biggest pain point that you don't solve and get it out in front of them? And they say, yeah, sure. And then we create some really good content and then we start to build a relationship from there. And then we move into channel, which is like, can you promote us? And then deeper integration. And then from there, we talk about like marketing or integration marketing, which is like uh, getting getting involved in their actual sales process. So, you know, th- those are <clears throat> three that we've targeted um, with varying degrees of success. I think, you know, content partnerships are easy, relatively low-hanging yeah. fruit. You can create a piece of content. You get that distribution. You know, worst case scenario, you get a backlink, it increases domain authority slightly. Um, channel partnerships, you know, we've done... Uh, work within and and we think there's definitely opportunity there and i want to kind of come back to that in a second integration partnerships have been really successful for us that's where we've seen uh, a good amount of volume from a traffic perspective we integrated with you know let's say stripe um they've done you know they, their marketplace gets a lot of volume we get a decent amount of traffic from stripe um, we integrated with pexels Right. And that was a big one for us. We actually integrated first, then did a content partnership. And that ecosystem started to work really well because we we used the integration that improved our product, which is great. We created content for them. They loved it. And it started to work, um, you know, channels where where there's a struggle because you're you're trying to encourage um, another person who's trying to drive revenue to drive demand for for you. And, you know, obviously you can explain the benefit of that, but 
we've struggled with it when we create channel partnerships. Our channel partners have struggled with promoting us outside of a couple. How have you been uh, advising, you know, your founders or, or your clients on keeping that engagement fresh and making sure that it's really driving the right demand consistently? Um, yeah, the the first thing is we, you know, uh, partnerships, building partnerships is like dating, right? Like you have to, you have to go and find the right fit. Um, with with a few exceptions, uh, for us men, women that are very like aggressive and trying to go after us are usually um, a different type of woman than the one that we would have to like go and hunt out ourselves. Um, I hope I'm not really I hope I'm not offending anyone with with that. But I've noticed in my personal life when the that that that's the case. Um, not for every situation, but for a lot of situations. And so um, so we hunt after the right channel partners. We find the people that we feel we can really help. Then we identify, we have a process we call the three-tier success map, which is what, what is the outcome that your partner is trying to help their customers get? And because um, they can't fill every single step in that outcome. Like they solve one specific problem. For instance, if you're talking about like, a, um, I'll use me for example, like a, you're, you're trying to get to SaaS founders, I help them scale, but I don't help them with like programming or development, hiring developers. I just don't help with that. But that's a necessary step if they want to scale, right? They have to hire more developers. So if you came to a channel partner and you said, hey, you're helping customers, you're, you're, you know, your customers scale their SaaS companies, um, we have a way for you to help them find really good developers. We want to help you create content around that or how can we help, right? And there's multiple ways to do that. Um, my favorite way is to do some type of integration marketing where their product or service is built into my product or service. And um, I see the mistake a lot of people making is they find an influencer, they say, hey, can you push this out to your email list? And they say, yeah, they push it out. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Um, they feel like they put a lot of effort into it. Um, and maybe there's a good return and maybe there's not a good return, but at that point you, you stop and go, how much effort was that? Was it worth it? And if it wasn't worth it to them, they're not going to do it again because it just takes so much time. Right? So we look at, um, how number one is how can we make this partnership as easy as possible for the channel partner? Okay. So, um, we, we, we don't have them do any work. Like we do all the work for them. Anything that we ask them to do, we do for them. Like if you, if we want to create a blog article, we create it. If we if we want them to send us, if we want to send our market an email, we send it. We actually say, hey, we'll go into your marketing tool and we'll actually do it for you, right? We'll send it the email for you. Um, the second thing is, uh, you know, um, one of the one of the best ways to create a good relationship with channel partners is to um, do something extremely, extremely valuable for their audience that where you don't require anything in return. Um, I have people that have come to me and that said, hey, I'd like to do an AMA in your group uh, where um, we just talk about something that you don't really talk about. And, um, and, we, and I hop on and they just talk for like 20, 30 minutes and it's tons of value. Um, and after that, I can see number one, that this person knows what they're talking about. And I can, you know, it's a test, it's a first date, right? And then after that first date, what we try to do 
is get their product in either one of their traffic or transaction streams. I got this from a book by Mark, Mark Joyner called Integration Marketing. Um, and what we want is, so, is that every time a customer interacts with your channel partner, they interact with you as well. So let's use um, Pexels, for instance. So Pexels has, a pro, uh, you know, they have traffic streams where there's people coming in and viewing their articles and blogs. Um, how can we get Unstack in one of those traffic streams integrated so that every time somebody hits that, that flow of traffic, they see Unstack? That could be like a a blurb in an article, it could be a link to Unstack in one of their blogs, whatever their like highest traffic blog post. Then they, then they have a transaction stream, which is when somebody signs up for Pexels. What about having an email as part of the onboarding that says, as part of joining Pexels, we wanted to give you a special bonus, which is three months free to Unstack, which is a, a tool to you know, help you uh, build your, your site. It's the easiest tool to use. It's a special bonus for joining Pexels. Um, click here to, to claim it. Right. So um, if you do that, then they build, you build your product into their, their sales process. They provide a lot of value to their clients and you don't have to do the JV or whatever over and over and over and over again. It happens automatically. If you did that with 10, 20 different companies, then you can see over time that that like would really build up. Right. Um, some of them may work. Some of them may not work. That's not the point. The point is um, getting as many of those integrations as possible and making it as easy for partners as possible. Because one of those will work out and be really effective. And the amount of effort that it takes to get it done, there's nothing required after that. So it's like it just makes it's just it's a no-brainer to be able to, to to try to integrate with as many companies as possible, help them fill one of those success gaps in their success map. So, so when you're looking at uh, the successful ones, right? And you and I talked about this. And I think if you look at a lot of partnership programs, it's like we talk about HubSpot's partner partner program, which is is you know kind of a blue chip partner program out there for the agencies. And yeah. you know, you look at their first page, their their platinum partners or whatever they call them nowadays, diamond maybe. Uh, you know, those are the agencies that are doing a lot of <clears throat> the business for HubSpot. Then there's this long tail of agencies that you know are doing a ton of business, but onesie twosies. Um, and there's thousands of them at this rate. Uh, how have you coached your, your, your clients on, you know, where do they focus? Do they focus on continual acquisition on the long tail? Do they try to nurture the partnerships that are doing more? Because again, you know, we're a very small team, so it's, it's hard for us to nurture the long tail. So I've focused for better or worse on the ones that are driving the demand and, and really building those partnerships and trying to grow them as much as I can. But how, how have you coached up, you know, founders or, or acquisition uh, leaders on, on that? Um, we usually categorize partners into different tiers. So we have tier one partners are the ones that would be an absolute dream to work with that we know we could have success with. They serve our ideal customers. We love working with them. They're, you know, um, they fit all the criteria that we look for when looking for an, an ideal partner. And we, we shoot big too, like high level. And then we have tier two and then tier three partners. And we treat each tier differently. And we spend the amount of time with each tier differently, right? So um, we don't spend the same amount of time as a tier one as we would a tier three. Um, but we also know that tier ones might take months and months and months for us to build a relationship 
with. So there's a point at with diminutive returns at which like going after a tier three partner just doesn't make any sense anymore. And it's just not cost effective for time and your energy. Um, and if you do find one of those partnerships that's really, really like successful, we always say, what are some other ways that we can um, partnership partner together? Can we can we do more um, content? Can we can we help your audiences in some way? Can we host joint webinars? Can we do more content? Um, try to build yourself more and more into that company because at some point, if you become really integrated with the company, they become a potential buyer for you. And I've seen this happen a lot is where they get so integrated into the company that they're like, well, um, you're such an integral part of the company now and you, you have our customers and we have your customers. It just makes sense for us to buy you how much, you know, how much do you want? Um, and that's a really good, that's like the ultimate, you know, partnership, right? Where they actually buy you and, and you can move on um, and walk away with a, with a good, uh, uh, with a good amount of cash. Um, but yeah, like we don't treat every partner the same. And the ones that do generate a lot of referrals and traffic for us, we tend to spend more time with them. We just look for different ways to partner. And when I say partner, I, what I mean is different ways for us to help their customers have more success with their product. That's what your partners want. They don't want 20% commission. Um, they don't want, uh, they, they don't, they don't, care about the money and the profit. What they care about is, is what I'm promoting going to help my customers, one, position me as the hero in their eyes by bringing them something that's so helpful for them that they, they love me for it. And two, does it help me, my customers have more success with my product or service or offering? If it complements it and also and augments it, then you have a win-win all around. Um, and if you can even prove it, you can say, hey, the reason this is going to be so effective for your customers is because they need this and we help with this. And if they fix that, then they'll have more success with you. It's almost like it's a really, really difficult uh, thing to say no to. If somebody says to you, I can help your customers have more success, you don't have to do anything. And as a bonus, if someone does decide to work with us, we'll treat them like royalty and we'll give you a commission of anything that comes through. Yeah, I think that's that's super important. I, I, uh, we did an interview a long, long time ago with um, Larry Long Jr. He, he's a sales consultant, but he mentioned kind of putting deposits in the bank and then asking for a withdrawal like as a similar experience. And that's a lot of what you're talking about. It's, hey, we want to create a piece of content for your audience that fills this gap. That's a deposit. We want to create an offer for your audience that fills this gap. You know, that's a deposit. And then so on and so forth. And hopefully one day there is a withdrawal. And I think that becomes critical to all partnerships, be it an agency partnership. I think that's the one thing, you know, and you mentioned kind of the three partners and channel and agency probably fit in some alignment there. Um, that I've spent a ton of time on is how much value can I provide an agency? You know, come on the podcast, talk about your service, join our Slack community, provide an offer, write a blog post for us. It's going to be valuable. We'll promote it in an email, um, so on and so forth. So I've spent a lot of time, you know, trying to create assets 
that we can promote agencies through or promote our integration partners through just to give and give and give and give before I even try to ask if, if I can contribute to their blog or if I can contribute, you know, somewhere else. So I think you're, you're kind of hitting that nail on the head and it's something that um, has to be curated because these assets don't exist and they're not, you know, valuable until you've built an audience for them. Um, so you've obviously done an amazing job, you know, creating a community. I think that's one place people can invest in early that will grow over time that you can allow these partners to become a part of, to give them potentially some customers as well before you even ask for them to promote you, which is something we've tried to do a lot of. When, when you're, um, when you're coaching folks through this, you mentioned kind of a white glove approach to uh, either the customer onboarding or the partner's customer onboarding. So, uh, you know, a customer promotes Unstack or a partner promotes Unstack, their customer comes to us. We should provide them a different experience. What do you mean by that? And what have you seen work really effectively there? If you haven't bought something from Zappos, just buy something from Zappos because their whole value proposition is give the customer experience, the best customer experience possible. I called Zappos one time and I said, hey, these shoes don't fit that I got. And they're like, and, and, and I, I said, I really need them. And they said, ah, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, it sounds like these shoes are important to you. So how about we overnight uh, a new pair to you? And we'll upgrade you to a Zappos VIP member, which means you get free overnight shipping. And I was like, I was completely blown away by that experience because I had just bought one pair of shoes. I was not like, I didn't consider myself to be some kind of high value client, um, but I was completely blown away. And so you can't, you, you should give your, you should try to give every customer an experience like that. You really should. But for partnership customers, you should give an experience that good that they come back to their group or to the partner or to your partner and say, man, these guys are awesome. We love these guys. When somebody asks in your group, hey, has anyone heard of these guys? the people that you've worked with, the partners, customers, they chime in and go, oh yeah, best experience I've ever had. Awesome experience. That's going to be worth so much more to you, those those advocates, than, um, than just treating them like a regular customer. Now you should, you, should try to, you, should, you should try to do that for every customer, but at least now you know you have tier one clients, which include your partner's clients. Um, because you know that there's a lot of leverage there that you should be you should be taking advantage of, really. Yeah, I, I've you know I've tried to implement that, and we've done um, a lot of white glove. A lot of it comes to me. You know, they say do things that aren't scalable. I try to do things that aren't scalable early on in partnerships, and then when they when they do kind of take off, it becomes somewhat challenging because I can't in a product led growth strategy, which is what we're attempting to implement with Unstack. Uh, I can't talk to every you know, new lead that comes in. It's just, it's not, it's not possible. Um, what have you, what have you seen kind of product led growth companies do in that scenario? Are they creating very customized onboarding for that experience, be it email nurture or in product experiences, or where have you seen that really be successful or is it hands-on? We're going to give white glove demo for everybody hands-on onboarding. You know, hand gl white glove VIP experience does not always mean a one-on-one -on -one onboarding. I think that's the idea is that everyone wants an, a one-on-one -on -one onboarding experience. Um, but what what I found is that there um, there's a book called Hot Button Marketing, and 
what what it talks about are the 16 different hot buttons that we as humans don't get pressed that don't enough um like the desire to uh, to feel better than someone else like that's a hot button that people some people really value right so when i was in the the, the SaaS growth hacks group i realized that there were a lot of people who really really valued um being an admin in the group like that's what they really wanted to do they wanted to feel like they had power and control and they got a lot of value from that and they they valued the relationships that they were able to build um, and i don't pay them they get value out of that so if you have um customers coming in and the only thing that you're doing is just vip white glove onboarding which is great and you you, you should try to do that a lot of times it's not that's not all that they want so what i would suggest is one, first of all, you should get eWebinar. eWebinar is a scalable customer success tool. So people can sign up for an onboarding session anytime they want and get a and get like a personalized onboarding demo call with um, that's recorded, but it feels live and there's a one-on-one -on -one chat in there. So you can actually chat with a customer success person or a salesperson, right? So they still get that experience. But there's other things too, like, um, sending out a, a voicemail drop, right? Like you can have you can have certain customers that sign up, get a voicemail from you that says, hey, this is Zach with Unstack. I noticed you signed up. I just wanted to let you know, really appreciate it. Um, we're so happy to have you. Uh, and as a bonus, I've, I've given you access to like 20 extra templates that are in your account, right? And this is all triggered, right? Or, or um, you can say, uh, hey, we, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, give us your address. We'd like to send you a, you know, an unstack swag bag or something, right? And you can you can automate all this stuff. You can have you can have drop shipped these things to customers. You, look at Sujan Patel has been done really amazing at this. He's grown Mailshake significantly by focusing on really wowing customers. Um, and there's other there's tons of other companies too that are that are doing this, but uh all of this is automated and could you do this for every customer yeah you could you, and, and you probably should but there should be something really special about the customers that you onboard and looking at these hot buttons um you know like we're gonna you know we will upgrade your account for free for six months to this specific plan um we have a list of resources that we only give to our vip customers that we're going to give to you uh which is three interviews about you know how to scale your SaaS. Um, or we, we want to give you access to more templates. I mean, think about all the things that you could either provide to them or have access to now that you can give them as part of the onboarding process that makes them feel special and presses more of those hot buttons. And all of that is can is and can be automated and triggered through your marketing automation tool. But just just getting creative and thinking about what else can we automate um, and uh, and give to them to make them feel really, really valued. And sometimes it's a matter of just asking your customers and saying, hey, what, you know, what, what would make you feel really valued when signing up? Like, what do you feel like you're missing when, we, when you signed up? What, what was something that we, we could do that make you feel like, uh, like royalty, right? Let them tell you. I'm not sure the actual question to ask, but you got to get the point, right? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's how we do it. It just depends on the client too, but um, we'll incorporate a number of those things in there. No, I love that. I love the uh, the mail shake example too. I think that's that's a really good one to kind of look at. Um, 
You know, when you mentioned hot button marketing, last question we ask every guest is two books you recommend every founder reads. You can't reuse that one because you already mentioned it. Dang but it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, maybe you can, but but give me give me a couple books you recommend. I have a I have a whole library over here of books. Um, you know, I would say the books that I keep coming back to over and over and over again are The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Um, don't let the title fool you. It's not like this salesy book. It's actually how to run a billion dollar company. That's the premise of the book is how to run a billion dollar company. Um, and then I would say the other one is um, uh, Start With No by Jim Camp. Um, I think those are two, I wish I could give you more, but those are like two amazing books that um, will help you sell sell more and write better copy even if you're not a copywriter, and then also how to run a business, um, a, a, be a billion dollar CEO. Love it. Love it. Start. Those are both, uh, memory serves me right. We're, we're at episode like 50. So uh, those are both new recommendations. So not bad. We've nice. had a lot of repeats. Plus, Hot Button Marketing is a new one too. I'm going to add all of them to our blog post. Uh, where can everyone find you, Aaron, and, and connect with you to, to learn more about your services and, and what you're building? Yeah, if you go to this, uh, you just go to Facebook and type in SaaS Growth Hacks. You can find my group. You can join. Make sure to answer the questions because we have a strict qualification process. So if you don't answer the questions, we won't let you in. Yeah, and then if you just want to reviewing, those yeah, we have admins that, that are like, <laughs> you know, that are like czars, man. They'll <laughs> they will not let you in. Um, and then uh, and then I would and then just go to my website, AaronCrowd.io. Um, and if I'm around, uh, if you go to the site, if you if and if I'm around in you can press a little button on the right and call me. We can have a video call. It depends on if I'm busy or not, but I have a plug in there that'll do that. So love it. Chat. Yep. Join this, join the Facebook community, everyone. I mean, no brainer. Um, if nothing else makes you feel like other people are having the same challenges as you, which in itself is enough, you know, don't even need solutions. Just need to know that everyone else is struggling. You're not alone. The same stuff. Yeah, you're not yeah. alone. That is yeah. that is empowering. And and you know, <laughs> read the comments. You'll find some some tools or, or tricks and tips to get help. And um, obviously, connect with Aaron as well. He's been an awesome resource for me, uh, and and obviously provided a ton of value here today. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome, Zach. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Zero to a Million podcast, brought to you by Unstack, the no code marketing platform. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week for more startup insights and strategies.